Hi, my name is Hananya. Hello there, my name is Shemaine. And my name is Leslie. We're three international friends on a mission to write and publish our first novels. We are the three writing amigas. How are you? Good. Hey, darling, you do not have light on your face. I do have light on my face. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. You it's look just dark. because it's light outside. Oh. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We, started doing, we started doing this in the dark. Me and Hannah. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's nice finally lighting up. This is the first time I feel like we've had light. Yes. Like natural yeah. light for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's throwing off like my lighting on my face because oh, I have crazy. my lights on, but yeah, no, that's a, but too yeah, much backlight, but, too much backlight, but you're right. You know, it's the first time we've all had light. Unfortunately, you cannot see my window, you know, <laughs> but you know, what are you going to do? So it's fine. The sun is going to set as we're doing this call. So, right. Well, that's what happens when we're international friends. Exactly. So what do you guys been up to? What's going on? I've been I, busy, and so has Shamim. Yeah, well, I've been to Marrakesh, so. All right, how was yeah. it? Oh my God. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And I'm really glad that I didn't get Deli Belly until the day I got back. So. <laughs> oh, you but, call it Deli Belly? That's very cute. We call it Montezuma's Revenge because we're right next to Mexico. Oh, uh, okay. I, I, well, it's quite bad, isn't it? We call it Delhi Belly, regardless of the country that you actually went to. Yeah. But um, yeah, I have no idea why. I couldn't pinpoint it to anything. My husband's yeah. absolutely fine. Um, yeah, so it's just me. It was just, it was like a really ugly diet <laughs> to go yeah. on. Yeah. You had a wonderful time? Yeah, no, it was really good. It was really good. Uh, weather was nice, lots to do. And we did loads of walking as well, so... So lots of exercise oh cool Thanks. cool I, I love Morocco you know I made a film there many years ago so I went a few times but it was about um really the women's movement um which ah. was really yeah very interesting man did I meet some amazing women you know uh journalists and in fact one of the journalists from RFE was our like friend slash guide. She took us around and introduced us to just like amazing people. Nice. And then we, yeah. And we got to travel all over the country because we were, you know, make, that was one of the amazing things about being a documentarian. You just got to go places and meet people that you never would as a tourist, you mm. know? So that was like Casablanca, Fez, Rabat, you know, doing all that and then driving in between. So like really seeing the countryside. It was fun though. I loved Morocco. No, it was good. And it was Ramadan as well, but it was, it was still, it was still really good. Lots to see. And yeah, got to experience a lot of the culture side of it as well, which is uh, always a bonus, I think. Yeah. And you got away with your sweetheart. Yes. He's been nagging me for ages. So. Yeah, good. So Hanania, what have you been up to? So (laughs) much. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm always busy. So, you you know, where do I start? But um, no, it's been it's been okay. Uh, Roller coaster as always. But I have 
been like working towards my book I've been like reading my chapters and leaving comments and like stuff like that I'm currently in chapter 12 so I feel really good about that um and I've I've run into like a timeline issue I feel like I need to figure out kind of but um I feel like this week I did sort of come up with a solution for that so that was good um been a roller coaster of stuff um anthology stuff is doing pretty good um we got I all of the that. stories You're number in. two your story's gonna be the second story in the yeah. anthology um which is very exciting and um if, if, if they don't change anything before it's published yeah. but that's what we're assuming it's gonna be and one of the authors um sent me a message on instagram because she had read my story and she absolutely loved it <gasps> And so, it was just, it was so sweet of her to send that to me. And that like literally made my day yesterday. So good. good. Yeah. My pre order is in. Thank you very much. And everyone else. Yes. Okay. So can I just say that the money I'm getting from that pre order is going to be the first money I make from my writing? Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like as of my writing, because I have had fiber stuff um in april but that's gonna be like my first right. money off of my writing which is very exciting so that is so cool and i get to yeah. be a teeny part of it i'm so yes. excited <laughs> that's so awesome. yeah yeah pretty good you're on fiverr as well yes i offer brainstorming help and um other stuff but yeah well i have a little bit of news too Come yay on, i started my blog yay and my, and my website is up Huh? I saw. I think I think I I don't know how I came across it, but I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, she started a blog. Yeah, and I my website is up, ldferrell.com. Nice. And you can get our uh podcast on it and my blog. Um, and you can also get my blog on um WordPress. Nice. So I'm very excited. Um yeah, so now we're just all like busy, busy, busy bees. Yeah, um, but it's, I know. feel like it's also because we haven't really sat down in a couple of weeks. So no, we've yes. had a two week break, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So then a lot <laughs> happens in two weeks, you know. A lot happens, especially with us. A lot happens in two weeks. Yeah. I wonder though. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible segue. What's happening with Shamim's ancillary characters over the last yeah. two weeks? <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> What have they been up to? <laughs> yeah, what, what have you wow. been up to? We've Hanania and I have told you what our characters were up to. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Yeah, mine have been sitting there waiting patiently. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. marinating. Yeah, for, for, yeah. I've been fixated on my antagonist for so long that mm-hmm. that um, yeah, I I probably not done enough work on my others. But yes, I have a cast. When I first started writing this story and I was writing about the antagonist, I named him Kevin. Now, this is going to be sound probably bad. I named him Kevin because Kevin at the time was probably the name I most disliked. And I wanted to, every time Mm -hmm. I wrote it, I wanted to feel, you know, something Mm -hmm. that wasn't pleasant. So so, uh, every time I typed Kevin, I was like, kind of thing. That's good though. It, it, I was gonna say, listen, I don't like think emotion it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. I've changed his name though. His name's now Will, so which is not. Yeah, but you know, if that is how, what you kind of what triggers you in a way to write 
the way yeah. that you want to write, then it doesn't matter, does it? No. It's a good I way to trick ca- your brain. Yeah. So. I want to caveat that I know a lot of nice, lovely Kevins. Lots. Okay. <laughs> People that know you and that are named Kevin are going to be like, oh no, she hates me. Was it me that pissed her off so much that I'm the evil name now? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So, what is good the name to Will from Kevin if Kevin seemed to be working for you? Because I just didn't think it fitted with, I get hung up over names. And I, I've changed a lot of the names. I've changed them frequently. I don't know if you you two changed your names of your characters, but I, I seem to have set, I haven't changed the name of the character now in months. So I feel like I've settled on them and I can start now growing um, more attached to them mm-hmm. as, as people. Um, yeah. yeah. I, and I, 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 I don't even know why. Yeah, I don't change them a lot, but it but it's true. The name of your character, like you... I, and in, and it's also that you have to kind of write a little bit to yeah. to get a sense of you know what that name is. It, it is really important to in terms yeah. of you as the writer relating to this character. Yeah. If you have wrong names, somehow there's always a disconnect. It's funny. Yeah, it was jarring me. Yeah, I was getting jarred by some of the names, and I was mm-hmm. like, and then I went down the rabbit hole researching names, which was never a good thing. That's what I do. <laughs> I could spend hours trying to find the perfect name that fits the yeah. character and I, I won't be able to find it. Like that is what I do. Cause I, yeah. I mean, I have tons of characters, right? Because I have so many story ideas. Um, but some of them are literally just named the boy, the girl. Cause I don't know what their names are going to be. And then I will like just put X's for like, oh, this person needs a name, but I don't know the name. And then sometimes I'll spend like hours trying to find the perfect name and I, just it has to click you know like yeah. it has to match like the name has to match the personality and the character and like if it doesn't match in your head you can name it whatever you want but it doesn't doesn't work that's right at least it for really me doesn't. it doesn't no I think that's right I agree you know so you I totally understand you were um, trying to find the perfect name <laughs> yeah yeah I've used name generators I've gone on so many things but yeah. I was yeah. oh yeah I'm like yeah. what most popular names in the 1930s like, yes. oh, it, you know yeah. like all of that stuff mm-hmm. and then until you you go that's it that's her name or that's his name you just feel yeah. it, you know but it depends on the character I feel because for like side characters that I don't care about too much that do need a name but like doesn't matter if it's like you know this name or that name or then I'm like a little bit more loose with it I'm like I'll just pick whatever but you know, if it's your main character, you need it to be right. Yeah. But even with some of the side characters, do you feel in some of your stories that they have like kind of in a way like a different purpose? Like they they add mm. to the atmosphere based on what you call them, you know? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. What I, yeah. yeah. I just so feel they, like names in general, uh, I feel like they're critical to the story, mm-hmm. even though I cannot articulate for anything why the why I just feel like mm-hmm. it's just in me that it need it it just the names help connect the dots for me yeah. yes yeah 100% I, I agree I agree totally yeah so what are the names of your um <laughs> other other characters yeah so we've got my protagonist Tana uh which is short for Tana Seema now I I have a thing about uh Isima 
names, uh-huh. which is why I landed on that one. Will, my uh, antagonist. And then we've got the the matriarch of the family. So Tana's mother, which is Gwyneth. And I wanted, because my book is set in Port Albert in South Wales, I wanted like a real strong Welsh name. Mm. So Gwyneth is, uh, and I quite like, I quite I don't know. I quite like how it sounds when I when I say it as well. So like Gwyneth is uh, she features heavily. Um, she's got a strong story arc as well, and is is there throughout Tana's journey. Then we've got. Um, well, well, before you go on, oh. how is she? Is she? Is she? Um, I'm just curious since she's one of your main ancillary characters. Um, is she on Tana's side, or is she an obstacle to Tana? you know both, what's their relationship both. both yes yes so it's quite um it's it's not it's not a conflicting uh relationship but uh Gwyneth as a as a character is very sto- stoic um she finds it hard to show her emotions um I don't know there's a saying in it's a saying in the UK where she walks around and she's always got like we say like a face like a smacked ass so <laughs> You know, like resting bitch face, a little bit like that. Yeah. Right. So if she's not smiling, she looks miserable as hell or angry. Um, and she never ever sort of, you know, she just puts on this front of strength, um, you know, very cold inside. Um, but she's anything but a little bit like Tana, I suppose. So like mother, like daughter in in, in a, a lot of the sense. Um, but yeah, she wants the best for Tana, but she just doesn't know how to tell her and and that is part of their struggle their you know their inability to communicate on a meaningful level um and then throughout the story it starts to open up and get you know certain events happen that trigger certain things certain conversations that kind of forces them to clash and then as a result of the clash they have their first kind of real open honest conversation that sounds really interesting. I mean, you know, mother-daughter relationships are always interesting. Yes. You know? So that's, oh, cool. Okay, I'm excited about her. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got Mel, who is Tana's best friend. Been best friends since they were in middle school, as you would say, in the US. Um, been through all the trials and tribulations of, you know, first boy, first crushes, first boyfriends, um, you know, love music. First periods, probably. Yeah, definitely. First periods. Um, I haven't got that in my book, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There should be there there should be an anthology about first periods. I think. Anyway, should be. Oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) Let's do it. Yeah, because I can still remember that. I can still remember the day I had my first period. Me too. In English school. In English. Oh my God! I definitely remember. Oh yeah. yeah, we yes. sure we all have stories. We're doing it. Okay, that's okay. Down the list. I'm writing it Wait, down. Me, I was gonna say, let me write this down. Can you can you imagine this as a promo when <laughs> when the three amigas had their first period? <laughs> I wonder how many people would watch that video. <laughs> watch the men scroll off immediately. I know. Don't be traumatized. This is. Well, have to have like a blinking light, not for men or something. Yeah, we have to have trigger, have to, have own to have trigger, trigger warning, and, <laughs> like, trauma dumping. So, yeah. 
Oh uh, yes. Oh yes. Okay. Sorry, I was transported yeah. back to like. Yeah, me too. Me too. Anyway, <laughs> so so Mel, so Mel was with Tana um, the first time she met Will because they they sneaked off to Swansea and went to a nightclub underage. Both of them were underage at the time, and and she was there the first time that Tana met Will. So there's 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 a close c- connection. There. How old was Tana when she met Will again? Uh, sixteen. Okay, young. Yeah, but old enough looking, obviously, to sneak in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially back then in the late 1980s, right. you know, trowel the makeup on, back comb your hair, lots of hairspray, stiletto shoes on, uh, walking precariously, as I call it, like Bambi, you know, trying to look all super confident and cool, but really, you know, you do look. I think back and I think, oh, my God, how did any of us ever get away with that stuff? I mean, definitely, because I mean, I have also a really uh, best friend from kindergarten, but we didn't become best friends till we were 10. Um, But we did that. We would like, you know, red our hair, the whole deal, the makeup, you know, oh my God. I like, why would anyone look at us and think that we were old enough to do any of the things we were trying to do? Buy cigarettes, buy beer, you yes. know, sneak into some, but sometimes we, you know, we managed, we failed a lot, but we managed. So I get yeah. it. That's very relatable. You Definitely. Know? So, so the, those, um, you know, so that they've got a, a really good friendship and, and Mel has a strong a story arc as well. So Mel is over at Tana's house most days um, and she's going through her own um, set of troubles because her mother wants to move away and Mel desperately wants to stay. Right. Whereas, whereas Tana desperately wants to leave and doesn't want to stay. So, so they try to get their heads together to figure out a plan of how you know, they can get Mel to to be able to to stay with her mother's blessing because she doesn't want to go against um, her mum's wishes. So that's kind of that is a, a side so thread. They become even tighter and tighter as the story goes on. It yeah. Like. yeah, yeah. And Mel's like a surrogate sister, so she's an integral part of, of the family, um, comes and goes as she pleases, so to speak. So, yeah. Cool. I like yes. that. Then we have Jess, which is Tana's older sister. So if you remember the last time we spoke, Jess is the owner of the orange jumpsuit that Tana was wearing when she got beaten up by Will. Um, Nine years older and she's pregnant as well. Going to have a baby and we don't know who the father of the baby is. Because she won't tell anybody. So intrigue. I like it. Yes. Yes, yes. And Tana is massively frustrated because because um, Jess is pregnant and living on her own. Um, she's coming back to move back into the family home, much to Tana's disgust, because she doesn't want to share a bedroom again mm-hmm. with her pregnant older sister. So, yeah. She's going to have a baby. She's coming back because she's pregnant and needs the help, right? Yeah. So yeah. she's going to have a baby and then a baby in the room. Yes. I'd move out. <laughs> <laughs> Be gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we've got um, Christine, which is Tana's auntie. 
So um, she kind of sits in the in the peripheries for the first couple of chapters, and then a significant event happens, and then she's like lands smack back into the in the middle of the story, basically. So and, is and again, she a shitster or is she a peacemaker? She's definitely. Um, I don't know. If she's a peacemaker. She's definitely not a shitster, but but she just sits on the edges. She watches. She listens. She, mm-hmm. you know, she says she gives her ten penneth, um, but and and not until a significant event happens does she, do we start to hear her voice really and understand, you know, why she's been sitting in the background for so much of the story. Okay. Um, and then we've got Morgan, who is another friend of Tana and Mel. Um, and she again begins to, uh, starts off on the edges of the of the story. She's the one that uh, again, she's got an older boyfriend, which is which is, you know, part of the allure, I, I would say, for Tana and Mel, you know, why they want to go to a nightclub, mm-hmm. um, you know hang out with, with older men because mm-hmm. their friend Morgan, they think she's glamorous. Her boyfriend drives a cool car. He, he's the one that takes them to the nightclub in, in his in his cool Toyota, which is, which were all their age, I suppose, if you had any money back in the day. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and, and then Morgan starts to feature a lot more as events start to unfold in the story. So the three friends on their own have a kind of separate story arc. I sound very like... Token dagger with what I'm saying. So that's good, and, though. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm I'm liking your characters. They're interesting, and I I don't know. I read it. Yeah, and then my last one is Vicky. So Vicky, um, we meet Vicky when Tana goes to the job center, and um, serendipitously meets uh, a a guy who's there to recruit people to join the army. And he he is her sort of number two. She is his number two, should I say? And that is the beginning of a new friendship starting between Tana and Vicky. And I can't give too much away on that one either. Otherwise, I'm going to give too many spoilers. Oh, so, fine. That's so that's okay. my cast. Yes. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Do do on Will's side are there? Oh, any... I forgot. I forgot. I was going to ask the same question. <laughs> Oh, sorry. No, I forgot. Are we, Tana's brother, Dan, okay. which is short for Danielle. Um, but yeah, Tana's brother, Dan. Yes, because he's the one that finds Tana after she's been beaten up in the beginning of the of the story. Is he friends with Will? No, no, no. Oh, he's shit okay. scared. He's shit scared of Will because he's oh. always had his suspicions, and. Oh. He's the younger brother, and younger. he can't keep he can't keep a secret. He can't keep his mouth shut, Love and it. he's 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 the trigger. He's the reason why Tana has to face up to the fact that she's in an abusive relationship because ah. she knows because <laughs> she knows that Dan is going to be like the town crier as soon right. as soon as they get home. What is it about the younger ones never being able to keep their mouths shut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I think yeah. you're giving us a bad rap. I'm just saying. Oh, are you are you the younger one? Um, I was the youngest one growing up, but I was there was a big gap, so I feel like I was good at keeping secrets, and maybe that was mostly because they were almost so much older. I don't know. I just, but I feel like the young ones get the the bad rap. But he's he's nah. getting the bad rap a lot throughout my story because he is the only kind of 
male you know within the family mm-hmm. so and because yeah. he's the youngest as well mm-hmm. and he's surrounded by I know I, I think of it like an elephant tribe you know you've got the matriarch mm-hmm. winner and then you got the you got the, the you know the siblings which are females uh aunties sisters and then you got the younger brother who's you know getting like <laughs> bit slapped all the time by, Poor guy. by, by the women yeah I like it I like it so on Will's side, is there any, you know, secondary or tertiary um, antagonists or, you know, that are important to people the story? there? Yeah. 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 Now, Will, Will is kind of operating as a lone wolf, primarily because of his narcissistic tendencies. Um, if he had people close to him, they would they would know his 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 you know his true colors ah. so because he's always got this sort of a card that's sort of projecting this happy-go-lucky life and soul everybody's friend um he's got friends but nobody really that really knows him knows his past knows much about where he's come from or what happened in his past but they they're very much um very transient very challenging friends who just happen to work with him or, you know, have very loose type of meaningless relationships, I guess. Typical, well, I don't want to say typical male relationships, but, you know, they're, especially back in the in the late 80s, you know, men didn't have real emotional conversations. Right. You know, they went to the pub, they talked to the talk, you know, shoot the shit, but they didn't really get down. I, I don't think men really talked about anything that affected them you know on a on a a physical mental emotional level I don't think that came into its own until not so long ago I think that's true I mean here in the states it's it's a lot of like especially whether it's in stories or even in real life it's like guys will go to a a bar here yeah or whatever or even like if they go to a party and you meet another guy they talk about uh sports Yes. Like, like sports yes. is like the thing that everyone can relate on. And they, you have people who are friends for years and that's really all they do. Yeah. You know, women, if the three of us met in a bar, we would be talking about our periods in about yeah. four minutes yes. <laughs> and deciding to write an anthology about it, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, My um, close friend, uh, oh, I don't know if you'd be watching this, but a close friend went through um, a, a breakup and um my husband was meeting him and I was like right you need to have a good chat you know make sure you allow him to get everything off his chest and he was like what am I gonna say and I said don't just talk shit or talk about Formula One and I said get down to it and just find out you know how is he doing you know does he need any kind of support and then I was I was like giving him this big brief of what of what to say <laughs> and he was like, I don't know if I can do it <laughs> it's funny we really are different animals that yeah. way you know yeah um but I find your book fascinating I think it's just going to be this really interesting um I know that part of it will be very difficult but I find it fascinating eating even me someone who doesn't relate uh specifically to that kind of a relationship I think there are things in there for you know all of us as women and how we struggle we've talked about that before a little bit but the more you talk about your characters the more I really believe that your book is going to be so relatable and I can't wait because mm. the characters are interesting you know yeah it's not all dark either it's not all as 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 much as I've got a really dark theme and some yeah. really dark things happen some really 
funny things happen as well. So there is humor in there. And there's there is a running three theme going throughout the story. Uh, in the UK, you know, it's a nation of tea drinkers. And right. um and there's a there's a thing in the UK. Like if some if if you came in the house, especially where I'm from in Patalba, you know, rocked up to my mother's kitchen where it's always a house full, big gaggle of women and all kinds going on. And you came in and you just announced this really bad drama, really bad thing happened, so and so has just died. The first thing somebody would say is, right, we need to put the kettle on and have a cup and make tea. (laughs) And, you know, there's this big pregnant pause while everyone's like kettle cups, getting all the tea bags ready. And then (laughs) once you've got your cup of tea in front of you, then you can get down to business. And that's the theme as well. You know, Tana comes in the house, she's covered in blood, you know, hairs everywhere. She's got and then it's like right we need to put the cat on <laughs> so, no one's looking at her or checking her body for injuries it's, it's kept first and things like that so. I love it you know I watch all this stuff on Britbox you know yeah. so I watch a lot of these things and it's there was this one show I don't remember the name it was something in Halifax I, you know anyway and that's where every time Someone walks into the house. And, oh, I have to put a kettle on, or some, or yeah. they, they'd be sitting at the table talking, and someone brings up something important or sad or whatever. And they go, oh, let me put the let kettle, me kettle on. on. And I thought it was hilarious. I didn't realize that you actually did thing, that. Yeah. No, no, no um, absolutely. And I was, I was reflecting on this, and I was thinking about what you know, what we were going to talk about today. <laughs> and my, my, uh, well, my TV experience, let's say, of the US is yep. you know someone would walk up to their drinks counter decanter some kind of like hardcore liquor mm-hmm. put it in the glass and then they'd be swigging that back and I'm like that yeah. would be tea that would be tea <laughs> if it was the UK don't yeah now there is a lot of drinking in American television yeah would, would it be acceptable Hanania I don't know to go out to a, a work lunch and I don't know start have have a split before you go back to the office kind of thing yeah. well I mean probably not but like where I was working at my previous job we would have Friday afternoons mm-hmm. around four o'clock mm-hmm. um they would just get a tray of beer and everyone would be having beers at their desk as they were doing their job so I mean yeah I feel like here it's just and especially in the entertainment industry I feel like it's not as corporate so it's it's a little bit more just whatever kind of thing but I, I remember when I was in the army we were um we had to do an exercise and we were in Egypt for for months and we were on the British army we were on dry rations you know like years and years old from sachets and we were eating that um and then I look over and the Americans are having like their lunches flown over from 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 Florida on a plane so we were just really jealous that they had they had like these sandwiches because we were like oh what? fresh food and then right. I look over there and there's the bloody French opening their ration packs and they got little bloody bottles of wine and we're in the middle of the desert <laughs> we're all sitting there drooling really really jealous because we've got our dried up you know I don't know um beef stew and potatoes and and fruit pudding kind of thing in the desert and they've got like these extravagant just French ration packs that don't look anything like rations so (laughs) so yeah so yeah so they were drinking wine in the desert and this is why I love to fly Air France (laughs) 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 the best food (laughs) and 
wine with every meal. You have an ice cream and a bottle of wine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, that's so great. So, so anyway, back to Shane. The meme. I was going to say how much drinking in your book. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tea, lots of tea. <laughs> lots of tea. Bite the tea down. Um, anything else that you want or can tell us about your your characters um, that um, before we have our coffee? Oh, coffee seems to come up quick. Um, I've been thinking about what you two have been saying as well. In in that, whilst I've let my draft settle I've noticed that my characters have started to come alive in my head more yeah. and I'm just like I'm sitting there I, I don't know doing something with someone else and all of a sudden Will's popping into my head and I'm like shit, <laughs> shit you're becoming like really real to me <laughs> yeah. and then my characters are starting to grow in my head mm-hmm. so this period yeah. of rest I do mm-hmm. if you'd have asked me last month I would have just said no don't believe it. I don't need it. Sudden, <laughs> they're, starting, they're, they're starting to like, I feel like they're like coming alive. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm having yep. these ideas about, you know, how how to, I feel like they're nurturing them at the moment and, and I'm growing them in, in my brain. Yep. And yes, and they're going to yes. pop out. Yeah, you planted the seeds and they, they're starting to yeah. Um, come up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there's got to be something in it with, you know, not staying out of your book so that was good I, I know it's supposed to be it's okay. I, I wanted to ask you that Hanania because your period of rest let's say letting the book mm. rest as much as it wasn't intentional um did do you think now that you're if you think reflect back on that time do you think that that time was has kind of helped things kind of hook a little bit and um, give you headspace to allow more things to grow I think in a different way than what you're saying because for me, it was already for draft. So um, I feel like the characters have come up already. But I think what has kind of settled for me is that I've I've had so much distance from it that I can be very harsh to what is there. Um, whereas before I would be like too emotionally attached to certain parts. And now I'm like, it really doesn't contribute to the story. I just need to cut this out. This This needs to go this needs to be rewritten. Like I can be much harder to my story than I was before. Cause I was just like too much like, Oh no, but I like this little scene. And now I'm like, it doesn't contribute to the story. Let's just throw it out. Um, so I feel like that has helped a lot. Um, and it has kind of also helped me to kind of like take a little bit of distance and like seeing it and kind of knowing like, okay, these people like live in my head, obviously. And some of the people that are in my head are not the way that they're portrayed on the page so that has helped as well um so yeah it does it does help to take some steps back for sure but yeah, yeah. I think it's imperative you know because like you're saying it makes yeah. you more objective mm-hmm. so you're in the first phase of that where they're starting to live and you're going to end up on one hand in the early part it gives you all this other stuff to flesh out and to think about and everything but then where Hananya and I are is where objectivity comes in which you mm-hmm. need yeah. because you're you get two in it yes you know, and you can't see mm-hmm. um and yeah it changes but i think that so uh, i feel a coffee break coming on do you think yes especially uh, with all the housekeeping we have on today oh yes yes <laughs> right coffee time a coffee. lot to get through so let's get a cup <laughs> let's get a cup well thanks for hanging out with us Be sure to follow Hananya at Hananya LeClaire on Instagram and YouTube. 
follow Shamim on Instagram at rnpinkhamauthor. And Leslie on Instagram at ld.feral.writer. Or catch all of us on YouTube at 3 Writing Amigas. Until our next hangout, keep on writing.